Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors, host of ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Today, we again have as our guest, Dove Sutherland, this time to discuss how to negotiate a core systems contract, often the most important and costly contract that a bank can sign. Dub is a banking and corporate attorney and former community bank CEO. He's a partner at the law firm of Kennedy Sutherland. As an advisor to community banks, he guides his clients in the implementation of new business models and identification of new technologies in order to maintain relevancy in a rapidly changing environment. Please let me know if you have any follow-up questions by contacting me at dbarris at aabd.org. All right, let's call Dub. Today we have some questions that build on the uh, earlier episode we had with you on uh, core systems. And this time we would like to discuss the idea of negotiating core contracts and see what tips you can give to uh, bank directors. So the first question is, is there a strategic approach to the negotiation uh, for a core contract, or are you limited to negotiating the contract and pricing they put in front of you? There's absolutely a strategic approach. And I would say that if that's not the approach that any bank is taking in that process, um, they're, they're leaving a whole lot on the table. And, 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 and I know it'll sound like um, hyperbole, but really putting the bank at tremendous risk from a where are you going to go in the future standpoint and also a, a pricing standpoint? So yes, you've got, you've got to be strategic when you go into these. What is the, uh, what does that strategic approach uh, look like? Uh, so my preferred approach is that when you narrow it down, if you're, if you're looking at several and, and well, I'll stop there. Even if you really think there's only one choice that you're going to make, I think you need to have a second contender in that conversation, a stalking horse, because you have to have some leverage with that core. And the moment they know that you're going with them for your system, that leverage is pretty much out the window. Um, and, and the problem is there's an emotional commitment. It's exhausting to go out and go through that RFP process and the, that search and to do the demos and figure it out. And I think they know that, and it, and it may not it may not be that they innately know that, but that that's what happens, um, the cores that is. And so they've got you at that point. And so then when I'm negotiating a contract on behalf of a bank and, and dealing with that, I'm out of leverage. I've got a group that's fatigued on the bank side already, and it's only going to get worse as we try to negotiate this. Um, and I've got a group over on the core side that's ready to say that's not market or we don't do that and they use that over and over again even though one i don't care what's market and two um we're asking you to make a change and that may have been your you know standard form and you may get nine out of ten banks to sign up for that but we're not one of those and we're going to do things differently and so that that process of bringing in a stalking horse says you're actually going to negotiate both contracts side by side and create a little more work and a little more effort for a much bigger gain in the end. Dub, I think you've uh, probably covered this pretty well, but how, how important is the contract negotiation itself and how, how long does that process take? 
so it's it's very important and what I'm what I'm happy to say is I have seen movement from the technology vendors, not near the movement I'd like to see, but I have seen movement in contract terms. I ha- I have seen some of those those comments that I mentioned the well, you know, we've we never agree to that or that's not market. We've actually seen movement on those points. We've negotiated them. But the counter to that, to answer your question about how long does it take, it certainly adds time. You've got to go push. And so I would say on average we're in about a 60-day negotiation from the time that we're handed that first draft of the agreement until we've got all points finalized. And, you know, that's subject sometimes to, well, we're not sure if we're going to go with this system or that system. Uh, ancillary system, not core, but some of the other features that are systems that they might want to bolt on. Sometimes those can drag on longer as a bank's trying to figure that out, but it's about 60 days. But I mean, the importance of getting that right, and, and think of it this way too, five years, seven years, 10 years, you know, the standard terms that they try to kind of force down your throat, the, that when when you're making an important decision, when you're deciding on something and committing, if I'm setting it at 10 years, then it's much more important than at five. It's twice as important, right? Because that time horizon doubled on me. And so I'm subject to those same limitations, uh, termination penalties, just all all of that got a lot more important because of it. And so I think you have to think of it that way. If I'm signing a three-year agreement, maybe I can live with some things here or there, five, seven, 10, that's gonna change and become more important. Um, but then there are some around the third-party applications that uh, these service providers use. So they use other systems and liability and indemnification and some of those and privacy of information are non-negotiables and it it does take some fighting with the the technology providers to get them to agree to those terms if they haven't been beat up yet dub does uh, bank size matter at all in the negotiation it it absolutely should not i i think practically you have to say that it, it does factor in if I'm a bigger bank, I, yes, in theory, have more leverage and then practically have more leverage, I guess I should say. But um, we have taken a position when we go into these deals that it absolutely does not matter and have disavowed some of the technology providers um, of that opinion. So I think you answered this earlier. Are the terms of the contract uh, negotiable? And I guess, as you indicated, some are, some aren't. Uh, effectively, correct? Right, right. I think what I would what I would just do to put a finer point on it here is they are more negotiable than these banks think. Finally, what do you see as the role of the board or board committee in negotiating or directing negotiations? Uh, should the board members be reading the entire contract? To what extent do they get involved, if at all? Uh, what information do they need? to obtain from management and others uh, to be uh, in an appropriate place? I think, so if I think about that, I'm going to flip it a little bit to my first. I, I think the mistake that I have seen boards make is putting timing pressure on their management team to get something signed, which has a domino effect into not holding out and negotiating like they need to. So I, I think first and foremost, the board has to um, set up the right timeline with management, agree to it, commit to it. You know, we've, we've got to take the time it takes to get this right, guys. It's such an important decision. So I, I think that would be first. 
And then, no, the secondly, the board should not read that entire agreement. Um, they can if they want, but it's it's not necessary. Your management team and outside professionals, whether you've you've got one, you know, a consultant in there, you've got your outside counsel, you've got your in-house counsel, whatever that case may be, there are some key points that the board should know. The board board should understand from a business standpoint, you know, what is our pricing? Are we saving money? Are we um, are we spending more money now? You know, as we change providers and sign this agreement, if we're re-upping, did we get any concessions? What features and functionality are being added? How does this help support our strategic plan? So there's a whole business consideration that the board very much needs to be involved in, because if they're if they're not in sync there, when they down the road, if they want to pursue an initiative, and you don't have the technology to deliver, or you're locked into some agreement, well, you don't want that tension between management and the board. So everyone needs to understand the impact of selecting a technology provider. Um, so they've got to have the business piece dialed in. And then on the contract terms, term being probably most important, you know, what length are we willing to put up with to uh, to not be able to make a change or to have to make a change, but at probably some considerable expense. And I would say that leads into the terminate early termination fees. And I've seen this a uh, number of times just over the past probably two and three years, I feel like more and more, where there are disagreements with technology providers, core providers, and people are willing to walk away from the contract. And those early termination penalties um, can be brutal. So the board needs to understand if this doesn't work and we, you know, is what they're offering, and put it this way, the technology provider comes in and says, hey, sign a 10-year agreement and we're going to give you a discount. Well, is that discount really worth it? Would you rather have five years and an ability to make a change if you need to, or seven years and an ability to make a change? Or would you know? Would you rather negotiate different termination penalties so that if you know if you sign a ten-year, okay, guys, but we really can't afford to pay more than X um, and get that baked in? So I think the, that's critical. And then some of the compliance provisions again around: Hey, does our compliance team understand where all of our information might reside? that the third parties that the technology provider or core provider are working with, you know, have it secured? Are we properly indemnified? Um, I think those are some of the provisions that the board should, they should be able to have their executive summary given to them and say, here's how this is addressed in the agreement. And then the business points and the termination penalties and the term of the contract are probably a, a more robust discussion in the boardroom. In your experience, are boards or should boards be actually approving the contracts or can they delegate that to their board committee or management? Most are approving it because of the size of the expense. It's a good question as to should, um, you know, in theory management ought to be able to make that selection if, if the amount I guess is, is okay with the board. But I would say the vast majority, if not all of my experience has management taking the final decision recommendation to the board and the board actually approving that. One final uh, question, Dub, is is um, we're talking about negotiating core contracts, but of course part of that are the services that will be provided over a, an extended period of time. And what I see is the strategic uh, vision of the banks uh, can change quite a bit in five years or, or even less and certainly within 10 years. So the products and services they're offering now may be entirely quite different from what they're doing now in a few years. So how do they how do they go about negotiating 
a contract that is in place for a long period of time and build in the flexibility they need in order to add products or do things differently with with the core provider or with um, uh, a third party? Yeah, that's a great question. And we could probably spend an entire episode um, unpacking just all, all the different ways. I think the first and the, the most important part is if you're going to sign something with that extended term, and I'm going to call that over three years, you better make sure that that vendor, you, you have a firm belief that they're going to future proof you, that they have, you know, best of breed technology for today. They're delivering the products and services that you at least see on your strategic roadmap for that three years. And it will further than that, really, you need to believe that they're going to get you out, you know, five to seven years. Um, because that, that's your, you know, ounce of prevention versus pound of cure right there. Um, so taking your time, making sure you really see that roadmap and understand it and that you have a belief and, and talking to, uh, if you haven't worked with that provider before, making sure that you've got some references that can hopefully answer, hey, yeah, we, you know, we needed to add this feature or that feature or, you know, their roadmap said they were going to deliver this new technology and, you know, probably didn't get delivered exactly on time, but they were really close. So th that's that's the most important. After that, it's early termination and making sure that the fees associated with that are a number that you truly believe you could swallow as a bank if you had to, because your strategic initiative shifted and they were gonna, you know, they were fa going to fail at keeping up with you. Um, and then performance standards, you know, SLAs. We build out some very detailed service level agreements. So that if one of the providers is not delivering on that technology uh, through that service level agreement, you know, we can take that piece, that service and go, okay, you know, you've missed this many times. So there's either a financial penalty or a financial penalty that eventually, if it, if it continues and they can't fix it, leads up to the ability to terminate um, with no early termination fee and just some form of deconversion charges. But th those are, those are some of the, the best ways that we've found to address it because they're definitely going to, they want to sign the longest agreement possible. Um, and so I, again, I just, I think making sure that you believe that vendor can deliver over that time horizon though, and they, and then making sure that you don't get lured in by it's a lower cost. If we sign for longer, um, by having some faith that the, that you're going to be able to make up for that with the latest and greatest technology. And even if you get to the end and re up with that vendor, that's okay. You protected yourself. I mean, it's risk mitigation. So, you know, boards and, and management teams should be quite familiar with it and um, and understand why sometimes signing the longer-term agreement isn't the right path. Well, thank you, Doug, for joining us today. This has been very valuable for our members and others. So uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.